Hello, everybody, and thanks for checking in to Moving Up the Ladder here on LJN Radio. Now, as always on Moving Up the Ladder, we're here to add knowledge and insight into the success of your career or business in a variety of ways. I'm your host, Tim Muma. And in this episode, we're looking to help out the managers out there, though anyone can benefit, really, as we talk about managing difficult personalities. Diverse workplaces will bring about some personality types that are a little more challenging to work with and maybe help them function within the framework of the team. So joining us from New York today is Lisa Woods, who is the founder and CEO of ManagingAmericans.com and an individual with more than 20 years experience leading and managing others. Lisa, thanks a lot for joining us today. Thank you, Tim. Good to be here. First and foremost, to give people an idea of where you're coming from and and sort of your background, if you could describe a little bit of your professional experience and how it does obviously relate to this topic. Well, uh, first of all, I would say I got my uh, undergrad degree in communications. Okay. So that started me out. uh, I've always been interested in uh, um, marketing and getting the message across to people. And so having a communications background is an important part of doing that well. After that... I focused my career on marketing, market research, that kind of thing, and then moved into international business, where dealing with different cultures was um, incredibly important to be able to do things effectively in all over the world and understanding how people react, what motivates them, and um, what their needs are uh, uh, was very important. Overall, I worked a lot with turning companies around that weren't doing well, uh, and so that's another area where if you don't understand why things aren't doing well, you're not going to succeed. Sure. And you can't understand that without understanding the people who are there, the people who have been dealing with struggles of management changes and uh, working with customers who may not be happy. Everything that impacts why businesses fail uh, is really held in the personalities and the experiences of people. So you know, my ability to break into that and understand it and help find solutions to it has been the basis of really everything I've been working on throughout my career. And it all comes down to people. You know, success in business comes down to how well you can engage people, get them to work together, listen to them, and, uh, and get them to move forward. So a personality is really the barrier or the opportunity to making that happen. So I guess how would you sort of put a a description or an illustration to the importance of being able to, you know, manage, we say difficult personalities, it could be any personality, you know, some would say, well, if everyone were the same, it'd be boring. Some would say it'd be easy. Um, But obviously that that makes a challenge. But I guess why is it important that leaders and managers of, of individuals can really maybe understand how it's going to be different or how you can manage these personalities. What would your take be on that? Well, you have to appreciate the experiences that people have in their life. And the the best way to start to understand that is by seeing them for who they are. And that's usually coming out in their personalities. Mm -hmm. Once you can break through and get to know someone, then you can start developing them as a manager. You can start getting the best out of them. But unless you have, um, you know, if you, 
If you just go into a situation and assume that your task at hand is the most important thing and everybody is going to buy into it, you're being very naive. <laughs> Personalities are in existence everywhere and they vary um, within each individual as well, uh, you know, depending on what happened to them that day, depending on you know, if they're buying into your ideas, maybe your ideas aren't very good ones. Maybe they know more than you do. So, you know, accepting personalities as a reality around you, not just noise, but accepting them as, you know, some personalities have the ability, some people have the ability to get things done that you could never imagine getting done mm -hmm. on your own because you don't have those tools within your own personality. So, Personalities are important. They're entertaining, if you will, <laughs> if you if you look at them that way. Now, you know, you mentioned a couple of things in there that to me were, you know, led to the idea or thought of growth and not necessarily growth from the individuals that, uh, you know, maybe have these difficult personalities. But if you are a manager and trying to sort of make it all work, I mean, do you see this as an opportunity to grow as a professional when you're learning how to manage different types of people? Absolutely. I mean, it is rewarding when you can get someone who typically would be a stumbling block in an organization. As a manager, if you can get someone to, to grow professionally, that is a rewarding experience as a manager. So it's a challenge. Every manager's responsibility is to get the best out of their employees. And, and by understanding them and having a dialogue with them and having them know you in order to understand them as well is the whole management process. Mm -hmm. You know, it, the leadership side of it is getting them to go forward in a new direction. The management side of it is being able to develop the rapport to enable them to move forward. Sure. Well, let's let's try to look at maybe things a little more specifics, you know, and you know, we're mentioning this idea of difficult personalities and I, I think when when we say that we're talking about maybe um, those types of characteristics that would, as you said, be a stumbling block amongst maybe a project or amongst a team for one reason or another. So let's try to dive in a little bit um, as much as we can. Obviously, as you said, every situation is going to be different. Even if a, a person falls into one of these categories, uh, their personal situation might be different. But as best we can, maybe give some advice, some tips out there for the listeners. So the first one that uh, you know, maybe people will come across in some way is is the idea of someone who's maybe a little grumpy, doesn't necessarily say hi to others, seems like they're bothered by something most of the time. I guess, you know, I, I think at times everyone's going to fall into that category. But if someone is consistently like that, what what is an effective way to approach them and and maybe sort of help them along in this team aspect? Well, I think that that's it, helping them along. I mean, if someone is like that and they're really putting up the wall uh, um, and not letting anybody in, it might be because they don't know how. Hmm. The best way to deal with someone like that is to give them the tools and teach them how to interact by showing them uh, how to interact, by saying hello to them, including them. Even though they may not seem interested, going out of your way to be nice and, and make them a part of things. Once they realize you're not going to give up on them, they'll, they'll break down and they'll participate, and they'll probably appreciate you for the effort that you've put into the relationship. Uh, um, I think that it's too easy to walk away from these people or let them sit on the sidelines mm. or uh, um, you know, not participate with them, but they might have a lot of value, especially if you're managing someone like that. You want them to have a lot of value. So taking the time uh, to do that is important. 
Well, I love how you mentioned something right off the bat there. You said it may be that they just don't know how. It's not necessarily it's something intentional, but for whatever reason, they just haven't been involved in that way. Uh, do you think that's a big part of, of any type of personality with this, is that it's it's not a conscious way to be like, hey, I'm trying to be difficult. I mean, is that a big part to understanding people? It's a huge part to understanding people. Absolutely huge. You know, I mean, not everybody has a degree in communications. Not everybody has had a lot of experiences where um, they've had managers that have tried to get the best out of them. Sure. Or they have, you know, how many, how many of us have gone home after work and said, oh, I wish that, you know, I had more of a voice at work. Right. You know, over time they break down and they don't even try anymore. And, the, and those are the people you run into. If you can bring those people back, show them that you're interested, then you'll see them progress. Now, another uh, sort of personality that um, you had even had sort of mentioned in, in one of your articles that I've read, um, it, it, sort of the, the title put on it was Controlling Scrooge. And again, we're generalizing with a lot of these things here, but you know, it might be someone who's trying to avoid taking on added work, uh, trying to control a situation, even if they're not necessarily you know, the manager or have control of that, um, doesn't necessarily reach out to help out. I guess in a similar way to the, 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 the grumpy person, but it's a little different because you're talking about production here and, and, and not playing nice, so to speak. So how do you help them play nice? How do you help them be involved and want to contribute? My experience with this type of person is someone who they have a level of authority. Maybe it's just the authority that they give themselves sure. over their area of responsibility. And they use that to look powerful because they don't know that they can have power in other ways. And again, it comes to teaching, teaching them that their power and influence could be more the, uh, about the value that they're bringing to the team or their level of experience or, or their insight that they can bring instead of just holding on to their information. So what I would do as a manager with someone like that is give them projects where they have to participate with people as an expert where they have to participate and show that they have uh, a level of responsibility in the team because they're helping. They're defining the service that they're providing to the organization, mm -hmm. to other team members. And then they can see their own value a little differently. And if you open their eyes to the value that they bring besides the, the materials that they hold, then they'll start to change. No, it's, it's interesting you mentioned the idea of um, sort of value or, or what, what maybe control they have. I, you know, we, we talk to a lot of individuals, we read a lot of things about that being a big part is when people feel like they don't have control over something, that's when sort of problems can arise. Um, I mean, is that a, a big aspect of this, that they feel, well, this is what I can control, so I'm going to use this to the, to the fullest? Absolutely. And again, it, you don't know what has happened before you right. in that business. Maybe they worked for a boss before you that didn't give them any responsibility. Maybe they were taking it away. So maybe they're hanging on to whatever it is that they have uh, and don't want to, to um, help other people because they're afraid that they're going to lose more, more power and more responsibility in their job. So again, it, it's all about the culture that you create and the responsibilities and expectations you have for people. But it's important to understand that that they come from a different perspective than you. So you have to figure out what that is before you can get them to where you want them to be. 
So as we continue to sort of look at these, you know, what would be deemed maybe difficult personalities, and again, we're looking at them as difficult being uh, maybe stumbling blocks, as you had, had put uh, nicely earlier, um, in terms of whether it be a team or, or project aspect. Uh, another one, you know, maybe the, the traditional phrasing would be Debbie Downer, you know, employee that complains often, maybe is negative about things that are brought up. Again, since we're trying to give tips and ideas to help out with this personality, because it's it's not necessarily something, as you said, maybe intentional necessarily either, what, what can you do to help turn that around or maybe put a positive spin on things? I mean, do you treat that person a little differently? Do you give them a different perspective? Uh, what's sort of your advice in this realm? I, I think that's I think it's a good point, giving them a different perspective, never getting into it with them mm-hmm. uh, as far as, oh, I know what you're talking about and, and <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's as bad as you think it is kind of thing. I, I think that by showing them consistently, I think this is the key, being consistent with a different attitude and always coming up with a solution to their problem, saying, you know, try this. Maybe this would be a better approach. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. here's the reason why that's happening. And always trying to come up with a solution. If someone who likes to complain is always hit with someone who's always giving them a reason not to, they might realize that, well, this isn't the place I should be going to complain because they're not going to let me vent, you know. <laughs> uh, so once they realize that, then, then they'll either walk away from you and, and go somewhere else with their complaints uh, and realize they have to be a bit more productive when they're with you. Or they'll just, uh, you know, start to take on, uh, um, well, maybe there are other things that I could be doing here. Uh, you know, your, your ultimate goal is to, to change them and, and help them improve as a manager, but if you're working with someone like that, um, you know, you can just not be part of it. That's the best uh, uh, advice I could give for that, uh, for that personality. You know, it sounds a little bit to me, I mean, not to, again, belittle anybody who might be that person, but you know, you think of people who have children or kids in general, if you don't give them the attention that negative to that negative stuff, it sort of goes away. It's like, well, what's the point of doing this anymore? Right? Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, and you, want, you want to give them ways that they can be positive about things. Right. And as soon as they are, give them in- incredible encouragement, you know, showing them that when they are participating uh, in a positive way, when they are being more solution-oriented, that that attitude and those results are, are, are good and you're going to encourage those and maybe they'll want to get that encouragement, a feeling that maybe they haven't experienced before. Now, the first three we talked about were kind of have, you know, more of a negative connotation to them, the idea of, of being negative or being down, that kind of thing. There's sort of the other side of things as well, where you have an employee that maybe is just trying to do everything they possibly can to, you know, move up the ladder. Maybe they're, in a way, stepping on others, going over the heads of managers, utilizing strategies that aren't necessarily part of, you know, what the team concept is. I guess, what's your take on this person and how to deal with him or her? Simply from the fact of, I mean, you got to love the ambitiousness, but there's a point where obviously it can be a negative. So what, what's sort of your advice in handling a person that's on the other side of things? When I've had employees that were overly ambitious like that, my view of them is not a negative thing. My view is they're bored hmm. because Interesting. they're not being challenged. If, if you challenge an employee who has a lot of ambition, you're going to be giving them work that might be outside of their comfort zone. So they're not going to be going over anybody's head on things they don't really know a lot about yet. Mm-hmm. It's an area where they can learn. It's an area where they can um, ask questions, maybe be a bit humbled by it, and look at you like, 
okay, maybe you do know something I don't know and maybe I need your help. Or give them resources that they can interact with other people that maybe they were going around you on, but interact with them on a, for different things, on trying to work on a project, put something together, a real work product that's going to benefit the business where they can take credit and you can take credit for opening those doors to them. So then what you're doing is you're growing an employee and you're also uh, uh, creating some loyalty in the manager-employee relationship because they're realizing that you're bringing value to them as well. Now, with all of these, clearly, you know, again, everyone has their different personalities. They have different backgrounds. As you mentioned, they may have had specific circumstances that occurred that have you know, led to why they may think or act a certain way. But everything I'm hearing from you really does say, you know, as a manager, as a, as a person, you know, trying to lead in these circumstances, regardless of, of what the situation, that, that's, I mean, that is a part of your job and maybe the biggest part. I mean, do you see this as, as the most important aspect, being able to sort of, in a way, control some of these personalities to make sure they're a part of a team? I mean, what emphasis do you put on that as a manager versus, you know, just quote unquote, getting the job done? It is so important. I think that it is creating the team, creating the culture should be taking up as a manager, uh, uh, should be taking up uh, 80 to 90% of your time. Wow. And the reason for that is if you have a clear definition of the results that you want to achieve and how you want to get there, then you should be spending your time on building the environment for that to take place effectively. And that means building the employees, the people, the personalities that are necessary to make that happen. Uh, You know, if you don't do that, what you end up spending the majority of your time on is fixing problems, breaking down roadblocks that may have been roadblocks in the past. So you do a lot of repetitive things. You waste time. If you want to move forward, you need to have a team that moves quickly together in the same direction. So if you don't spend your time creating that team, uh, uh, you fail. We had, uh, um, uh, I I was running an organization where I was communicating a message and my team was really on board and functioning, but the reality was that they were a group of senior managers who then had middle managers working for them and so on and so forth, where the message and the environment of that forward movement wasn't happening at the same level that it should have been, uh, that it was on the, the senior management team. So that's another thing that managers have to consider, that even though they might be able to create a positive environment that they think is working, is that environment then being transitioned beyond their team. And that's important too. So from the standpoint of personalities, there's an exercise that I created, which is look at yourself in the mirror. And, and what, what I did with my team, and I've done this with several teams, is you, you go into a, a, a meeting room or wherever together and there's a, a marker board or whatever on the wall for each, for each employee, uh, uh, each manager. Mm-hmm. And how would you describe yourself? would be, you know, the, the bullets that each of the people would have to fill out and say, okay, and tell everybody there, this is how I would describe myself. And then underneath that, how would others describe you? Uh, how would your employees describe you? How would your colleagues describe you? Okay. And they have to, you know, come to terms with that in front of everybody. And when you do that and you really make people think, how am I perceived? How effective am I? You know, all that as opposed to what people really think, they're forced to make a change. Because you create, as a manager, you should be creating uh, and vocalizing 
the environment that you expect people to live up to. Uh, um, once you do that, then you can change them and make it part of the company culture in order to get there. So that's one exercise you can do. But to answer your question, the focus should be there because when you have them mobilized, you can get things done. Well, Lisa, I mean, again, we appreciate all the, the insight you've given us and some of the tips. I think that's a, actually a good place to, to end today just in terms of the you know, sort of final advice and, and, and tips that you've given to us. Obviously, you know, our discussion is, is generalized in a way, but I think you gave us some specific examples there where, uh, you know, you can utilize them across different industries or, or fields of work. Uh, so, again, we're going to look to wrap up this edition of Moving Up the Ladder today here on LJN Radio. Uh, once again, our expert guest has been Lisa Woods, the founder and CEO of ManagingAmericans.com. Uh, Lisa, again, thanks for coming on, and uh, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see some more stuff from you online, and maybe we'll talk again as well. Great. Thank you, Tim. I enjoyed it. Of course, we want to hear from you, the listeners, as well, so do shoot us an email with any comments or suggestions at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com for this program or any of them here on LJN Radio. Wishing you success in all your endeavors. I'm Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.